I'm Chelsea. I'm Deidre. And we're giving you a million murders. case today it's really sad mm. but i feel like cases <laughs> i feel like cases like these don't get talked about as much yeah and i feel like the need to be known because anything can happen no matter what situation you're in so sad story this is going to be about savannah graywind mm-hmm. i hope i'm saying her name right I'm going to give you guys a warning with this case because it's really upsetting and I know there's people out there that, you know, don't like a lot of gruesome stuff, especially with it involving a pregnant girl, babies, you know. And, like, there's levels of darkness, like, and torture that trigger certain people, you know. Like yeah, any yeah. People oh, I thought you were saying in this oh, case. No. I was like, oh, I mean, Lord. for some people it could be. Like, I was like, levels of darkness, but okay. So today we're going to be talking about a girl named Savannah Graywin, born on August 9th of 1955 in Belcourt, North Dakota. Hmm. She's actually a member of the Spirit Lake tribe. Oh, okay. Her father's a Spirit Lake member and her mother's a member of the Turtle Mountain tribe. They're like Native American. Yeah, like, yeah. No, yeah. like they're little, because where'd you say it is? North Dakota, in Belcourt, North Dakota. Her family moved to Fargo when she was young, but returned to the Spirit Lake Reservation near Devil's Lake, which, that's when she was like nine years old. Okay. She graduated from Warwick Public School on the reservation, and then attended Lake Region State College in Devil's Lake. Hmm. And she earned herself a certificate and a certified certified nursing assistant. Oh, oh, okay. So she's a CNA. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Savannah had a boyfriend. His name was Ashton Matheny. And she met him in middle school. But they had been together for like seven years. And like her, he he's also a spirit-like member. Okay. The tribe. Mm-hmm. So in 2016, Savannah moved to Fargo for a job as a CNA at the Eventide Fargo Senior Living Communities. Her and Ashton had a really good relationship. You know, they were headed in the right direction. And then in 2016, they actually found out that they were having a baby. Oh. I forgot. I was like, oh. Like, I didn't know that something was going to happen to somebody pregnant. I forgot for a second. Well, they were having a baby girl. And she was going to be born in late September of 2017. Mm Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend was actually living and working in Minneapolis. That sounds weird when I say it. Minneapolis. Minneapolis. why? Minneapolis. When she became pregnant and he moved to Fargo to be with her and soon to be daughter. So when she moved, you know, he obviously was still living there. Mm -hmm. Her parents and young brother also moved to the city a few months after that. So... They're like a really close family. Like, they just kind of, like, go where, you know. Go where the other ones go. 
So life was really well for her. She was really excited and surrounded by her family. She was going to have this baby and a good relationship. She had actually recently enrolled at North Dakota State University and was living with her family in an apartment in North Fargo. So mm-hmm. they were living together when she moved, I guess, to kind of help like with school and stuff until her and him got a place. Of oh, own. yeah. Well, they were a really close family, so living together was just natural for them. In addition to nursing, Savannah was really into horses. Um, equestrian. What is that? Equestrian. Yes. That's like horse stuff. Yes. Too. I don't, know, I don't know the exact terminology, like the what it means exactly, but like equestrian. No, I don't. That kind of stuff is, yeah. is the horse stuff. Well, she was into all that. <laughs> um, and I typed in, hopefully I said that right. <laughs> Family was truly everything to Savannah, and Savannah was a very special, a very social person. And according to her mom, she was constantly on social media, texting with family and friends, you know, making plans with people. Yeah. She was actually really excited at this time because on September 1st, she was going to be moving into her own apartment with her boyfriend. Okay. They had just signed a lease for an apartment in North Fargo. So it was August 19th of 2017. She's getting ready for this next chapter in her life in this new apartment. You know, and she was going to have a baby soon. And she's like eight months pregnant now. Yeah. So it was about 1.30 in the afternoon when Savannah texted her mom and told her that she was going to go upstairs to a neighbor's apartment. To help her with a dress. Aww. Her neighbor told her that she would pay her 20, 20 bucks if she came over and basically tried on a dress for her so that she could hem it on her. Like hem it up and stuff. Yeah. Around 2.30, Savannah still wasn't home. So her mom ended up telling her brother to go check on her. Because he was actually supposed to get a ride from Savannah. And he was kind of waiting, you know, around on her and stuff. So he went upstairs, knocked on the door, but nobody answered on the neighbor's door. Mm-hmm. But he did hear what he thought was a sewing machine running in the apartment. So when he came back without her, they were like, you know, what the crap? Like, why isn't she with you? So her dad actually went up there. And that's when a woman answered the door and said that she's going to be a little bit longer. And so her mom just decided to go ahead and drive her son to work. Because she figured it was taking her a really long time anyway, so she was just going to, you know. Yeah. But by around 4.30 p.m., she realized that Savannah still wasn't home, which she thought was incredibly strange. So then she herself went back upstairs to the apartment and knocked on the door. And this time, someone answered again and said that she had already left. Mm-hmm. Now her mom knew that this was very strange because two things. One, Savannah had ordered a pizza before she had left their apartment to go up there. And it arrived, and she just never, you know, she never ate it. Like, it's still chilling. Mm -hmm. And it was just sitting in the kitchen. And two, her car was in the parking lot. Her car was there, like. Mm. So, you know, her mom knew she wasn't at home, and she's not in the neighbor's house. You know, what the heck, like, where's she at? Like, makes no sense. Like, red flag alerts started, you know. Yeah. Well, Savannah's boyfriend also said that they were texting at the time and that she just all of a sudden stopped talking to him. 
And her mom knew that she wouldn't walk anywhere because she was eight months pregnant, you know, and her feet were swollen, you know, so where she, where could she have gone? Right. Her car's there. She's pregnant, feet swollen, can't be walking, you know. Her mom even said that Savannah's a really cautious person and would never have just left, and it's just really out of character for her Yeah. to go anywhere by herself on foot. Mm-hmm. Which, Sound just like- so y'all know, that's... Uh, out of character for me too. <laughs> not walking anywhere. Okay, no I'm not. If if somebody says, "Oh, she went for a walk," lies. Don't lies upon lies upon lies. Don't believe any of it. If they say I went walking to the store because of just go ahead and call. My the car cops. was broke down. Lies. Like any yeah, any kind no, of excuse. I don't care. I'll sit right in my car. I'm not walking nowhere. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'll call Santa Claus himself. Like, yo, I need a ride. Like, just Rudolph with your nose so bright. <laughs> Help me out. Mm-mm. It's crazy. So they also knew something was wrong because she wasn't posting anything on social media at all. And her mom said that she was constantly on Facebook, constantly texting, basically constantly on her phone. Right. She also said that Savannah had no history of mental illness. She's never disappeared or ran away in the past, like, ever. She's never done anything like that. Mm-hmm. She had a good situation. You know, she was bringing her baby into a happy family. She was excited about it. Her parents were excited. Her boyfriend was excited. It's not like she was running from anything, like, yeah, that they could see or know of. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you, you really don't know what people go through in their head. Right. But there were no signs, red flags or anything, so it's just like, that's just not Savannah. Yeah, they just up and disappear. Yeah. So, and when it came to her pregnancy, she was experiencing normal discomfort, you know, of a pregnant woman. She was sore, tired, she got headaches. She was really excited, though, about, you know, becoming a mom, and other than being a little moody, she was completely fine, like, yeah, nothing... That made them wonder, like, she all right? Like, she going through something? Nothing. Just fine. Well, in fact, even the night before, she was by, uh, she was out buying baby stuff with her sister. Since none of them are able to get a hold of her, that was like a run-on sentence. <laughs> she was out buying baby stuff with her sister. So, since none of them are able to get a hold of her... And they didn't know where she was. The whole thing just kind of seemed sketchy, you know, so they called the police. Yeah. So, a law enforcement got involved. They started looking for her, and they completely surrounded her apartment building so that there was people on the watch all the time. So, the this is an awesome start to the law enforcement. Yeah. Instantly jumping in, you know what I mean? And saying, yeah. oh, well, she's probably a runaway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the police decided to go up to the apartment where Savannah last was, because obviously they seem very sketchy, and it's like they're the suspects anyway, because they were the last ones. Yeah, to see her live and she, whatever. Weird. Well, this time a man and a woman answered the door, and they asked them if they could come into their house, and they said yes. So they went around and searched. They couldn't find anything, so they left. Well, the police searched the apartment two more times that weekend, but found nothing. So, Savannah's family was really trying to make this as known as possible as they, you know, as they should. Mm -hmm. Um, They put up signs that were everywhere, really getting, uh, 
really getting it on social media. The police decided to go check in the apartment again. And there was still no sign of her. So they checked this apartment like three times. Yeah. And nothing. nothing. So they checked the surrounding areas. They still didn't find her. Well, the police also talked to her employer and some friends to see if anybody had any leads, you know, uh, and nobody heard anything or nobody had anything. So by Wednesday, August 23rd, still no one had heard from her. Mm. So her family decided to have a prayer event at the Sanford Medical Center in downtown Fargo. And they were asking for help, calling on the Fargo police to request to request FBI assistance in the search. And it was announced that there was a $7,000 reward being offered in this case. Yeah. Well, the police carried out a ton of searches. They brought in dogs, everything, mm-hmm. and could not find any kind of trace of her at all. Well, then on August 24th, about 10.05 in the morning, mm-hmm. police ended up doing one more search on the couple's apartment. So, number four... Yeah. Fourth search of this same apartment. And this time, they found a newborn baby. So, obviously, they realized this was probably Savannah's baby. Oh, God. The baby's fine. Right. The baby's always fine. Yeah. Well, the two that lived in the apartment were William and Brooke. Thankfully, the baby was fine. Thank God. She was alive and healthy, taken to the hospital to be reunited eventually with her family. So these two were detained and questioned by detective detectives. <laughs> so these two were detained and questioned by detectives, and then later they were arrested on suspicion of conspiracy to commit kidnapping. The apartment building was actually evacuated and closed off with police tape. Forensic investigators searched the area for evidence. So Brooke Cruz was thirty eight. And William Holmes was 32. So before work, or before work, before Brooke was with William, this is kind of like a backstory of the people that had the baby. Mm-hmm. Before Brooke was with William, she was actually with this guy named Aaron. And this was a long time ago, uh, but they had a daughter together, and he was shocked when he had found out. William was shocked when he found out about this because he said that she wasn't really like a dangerous person. The Aaron guy. Lord have mercy. I'm just going to do that. I'm struggling. She was actually with this guy named Aaron. And this was a long time ago when they were together. Like, it was back when they were, like, I think in their 20s or something. Like, early 20s. Mm-hmm. But they had a daughter together. And this is Aaron saying, like, he was shocked when he had found out about what, what was going on right now Okay, gotcha. with the baby and stuff because he said that, you know, she wasn't really a dangerous person. Yeah. But at the same time, was not responsible at all as she had a daughter with him who was never involved with, who she was never involved with, never paid child support for. And kudos for him for stepping up because, you know, a lot of men don't get that praise because it's always deadbeat dad deadbeat like you never hear yeah people talking about deadbeat deadbeat moms because there's plenty of them trust Mm -hmm. and believe well it turns out that she was three that she has three other kids that she was similarly just ignored like popping these kids out and then just like bye like 
So it's strange because what makes her want to be a mom? You know what I mean? Like what makes her want to be a mom yeah, now? Yeah, I'm really confused right now as to why. Yeah. She's the last person to see a pregnant woman alive and then a baby pops up in her house and she's got three, three to four kids that she never sees. That she don't care she's about. She's never. Well, William wasn't great either. He actually had two children of his own and one of them he actually physically oh, great. abused as a baby. Okay. So in 2011, one of his kids was brought into the hospital with a fracture in his skull. Oh the God. hospital said that those types of fractures, you know, it was right above his ear. Um, it, and they said, you know, that wouldn't have been caused by anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, so he was charged with child abuse and he pleaded guilty to that in 2012. Good, good thing you owned up to it. Mm. Well, now we look at Brooke, back to Brooke, and she's got a lot of problems. You can look at her childhood and, and kind of understand where she's like, just not right, I guess. Yeah. She had kind of like a rootless childhood, like never one place to really set roots down. She was constantly moving around from foster care to foster care. You know, she was yeah, she was in foster care. So that kind of like, mm, you know, those kids go through a lot of stuff, but. Yeah. You know, never felt wanted or loved. You know, yeah. you're constantly being, you know, because that's sad, but still. Anyways. Yeah. Well, she had quite of a temper. <clears throat> One time, she even threatened William, Mm-mm. which, boo-hoo, like. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> I like her on this part. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm like... just kidding. <laughs> with a hammer over some bills. She threatened him with a hammer over some bills. Brooke and William started dating in 2014. They had a stormy relationship, to say the least. Mm-mm. To say the least. <laughs> in 2016, they had a fight where William ended up throwing her into the bathtub. And he ended up pleading guilty to assault for that and had a year of no contact with Brooke. Which, of course, he broke that later on. I mean, six months after that. They were in their apartment together, and someone heard a disturbance, called the police, and found them together. He pleaded guilty to violating the no-contact order as well, so both of those people definitely have a history of violence. Like, they're just... Yeah, they're a mess. They're a disaster. Ratchet. Just, yes, like Twista, the movie. You see that? <laughs> so, on August 27th, on, on a, this is Sunday, at about 5.45 in the evening... Two kayakers were kayaking in the Red River and discovered a body. Mm. The body was wrapped in plastic and taped to a log in the river. What? Yeah, like... At about 8.20, the body was pulled out of the river, and within an hour, the body was identified as Savannah Graywin. Her family was absolutely devastated. So... Brooke tried to act like she didn't do it. She said that she arranged to meet up with Savannah out of her apartment, and while she was there, she thought that Savannah, she taught Savannah how to self-induce birth, breaking her own water. Yeah, this is what she's saying. Like, but happened. why would you want to do that? 
So she's trying to... Away from the hospital. Like, yeah. Stupid. And somebody's random... Like, okay, sis, whatever you say. Well, Brooke then said Savannah left and came back two days later to give her a newborn baby. Oh, how gracious of her. Oh, make, it makes sense now. Like, this whole thing makes sense now, right? She yeah. wanted to break her water, and then she just didn't want the baby, so she's... Here you go. Yeah, like, case closed. Well, and then her body... Just miraculously. Knowing that she's someone killed Yeah. What is that about? Exactly. Well, William told the real story, apparently. Oh. Yeah, he like, I'm coming for you because you. He's like, he said. I'm telling, I'm snitching. Well, he said, which you can kind of, you can kind of, in this case, like, I don't know how I'm trying to say this. I want you to tell me who you believe. Like, do you believe Brooke in the end? Do you believe William in the end? Like, on, like, mm. what really happened. Okay. So, apparently, William told the real story. He said that he came home on August 19th to Brooke, wiping up blood in their bathroom. And William admitted to the police that he did help her clean up. And he put garbage bags full of towels in his truck, and he got rid of them. So... He got rid of shoes that had blood on them, so assisting in a crime scene. Yeah. William said that then Brooke presented him an infant baby and said, this is our family. This is ours. And it's so strange because they admitted that the baby was Savannah's baby. But they're like, well, we didn't kill her. Or but they would not cooperate when it came to searching for her. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. So the judge said... A $2 million cash bail. And the reason why they did that was because they found out that they were actually searching for travel deals and stuff online. Oh, yeah. They might be to, a flight risk. Mm-hmm, so they like, were planning nope. to flee. <clears throat> Funeral services was held on Thursday, September 7th. There was hundreds of people that showed up to her funeral. And some sources even say... Like over a thousand. Aww. And the funeral included Native American songs, uh, tributes from the spirit like tribal chairwoman Myra Pearson and the Fargo mayor Tim Mahoney. Mm. People actually wore red shirts to honor Savannah and other in- indigenous. indigenous women that are killed or missing. So the next day they granted full custody of, to Savannah's boyfriend Obviously, it's his freaking kid. Yeah. If they didn't, I'd be, oh, I'd be so mad. Yeah. Well, he spoke. <clears throat> My throat is so dry. So. <laughs> he spoke on national TV saying, everybody, I'm reminded, every day I'm reminded of her more and more because the day she grow, oh my gosh. He spoke on national TV saying, every day I'm reminded of her more and more because every day she grows, she's starting to look more like her mother. This part killed me. I miss Savannah so much. I've never put so much love into someone like I did her. I was like, Mm. yeah, that's, 
That's really, really sad. Mm-hmm. Well, their daughter's named Hazley Joe, which is really cute. I like that name. Mm-hmm. And she is co-raised by the family of Savannah and boyfriend Ashton. Mm. They're all really close, which is so cute. Like, I think it's so yeah. cute. It ended up working out really well, the way that the living situation and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's perfect for her to be with her dad, and the family is still really involved. Well, then on December 11th of 2017, Brooke pleaded guilty to conspiracy to commit murder and conspiracy to commit kidnapping and providing false information to police. On February 2nd of 2018, Brooke was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Brooke had admitted to luring her into her apartment and then performing a C-section on her. Uh, yeah. Brooke said, okay, trigger warning because it's about to tell, she's about to say what she did and all this yeah. stuff. So, Brooke said that she was still alive when she performed the C-section. William pleaded guilty on Tuesday, September 4th of 2017 to charges of kidnapping and providing false information to authorities. However, he was still scheduled to stand trial later for conspiracy to commit murder. So then, on Tuesday of September 18th, his trial began, and it wrapped up on Friday the 28th. So, like, it was like a 10-day trial. Mm-hmm. As a 12-person jury declared him not guilty of a charge of conspiracy to kill Savannah. So he wasn't involved in her actual death. Okay. Is what They're they are thinking. Just right. by, like, I guess what all he said and stuff. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> However, on May, May, Monday... In October of 2018, a judge still sentenced William to life in prison with the possibility of parole. However, for the charges of kidnapping the newborn baby and lying to to police about it. So, basically, the judge was like, I don't care what the jury said. Like, you're getting life in prison, but you can have possibility of parole. I was like, savage. Mm-hmm. He's like, nah, you going, you going right to jail too. Don't even or prison, not jail, prison, prison. But prison. yeah, like, I mean, they're in jail, so I mean, they're, which is good. Yeah, but it's just so sad because the story. If you have any comments on the case, we would love to hear them. If you have any specific cases, yeah, I am. Oh, Jessica. Mm-hmm. I am working on the case that you requested. Yas, yas, yas. So I'm gonna jump back in on that, and then uh, we'll have this. We'll oh, I almost said it. We'll have it soon. Yeah. Also, we are getting close to Halloween. Yes. So. If you have any, you know, hauntings and creepy stuff, some hauntings, some creepy stuff that happened to you, just go ahead and send those in. Email those to us at millionmurders at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at a million murders. And then we also have a Facebook group. A million murders. (laughs) And you'll just follow us there. Go to Instagram so you can see the pictures and people, places, things, all that stuff. And Deidre posted on Facebook that 
We're on Apple Podcasts. Yes. I can't believe it. We're on Apple Podcasts. I feel like now. we're on Apple Podcasts, so we're like legit. Yeah, like we're real now. We're real. It was really? super easy. I I thought it was like a whole rigmarole. Yeah, as like we I thought you had to have so many like listeners or followers or something. I thought there was a bunch of qualifications and specifications, yeah. and I was like, oh, this because was... before we never was we never got on it, and we've I feel we're like not we as far now as we like, were. Yeah, I was like, so I was like, oh, go us, yay, yay, we're on Apple Podcast. Well, glad you guys could be with us, and we look forward to giving you more content. Yes. Thanks for tuning in. And we hope you come back for... A million more. Yeah, I was like, oh. (laughs) Thanks. Oh. Oh. Thanks for tuning in. And we hope you come back for... A million million more. more. Bye. Bye. Bye.